0: Welcome to technology. I'm Ken Umansky, your host for another exciting discussion into the world of technology. Today, my guest is Chris Go. Chris has spent the career has career rather developing products as an engineer, engineering leader, technical project manager, technical program manager, and product manager. He's worked for companies including Western Digital and spent many years at Honeywell, understanding customer needs developing air quality products, thermostats, and commercial building controls. In the past few years, he has worked with companies in the healthcare industry, grocery, and the trucking industry on their IoT integration. Chris was instrumental in developing Honeywell's smart home products, leading the team that delivered Honeywell's initial gateways, Wi-Fi thermostats, cloud services, and mobile apps to the market. Welcome, Chris, and thanks for coming today. Um, well, you really were a pioneer in IoT. Hi,
1: <laughs> Ken. How are you today?
0: I'm great. Yeah, that,
1: uh, it's been an interesting journey, right? Um, you know, IoT has is not a new term. It's been around for a while, right? Your home security system is an IoT system, for example. Um, industries connect devices to the Internet to gather data. The big change really came about for us in 2008 when Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone. All of a sudden, right, um, the ability to, everybody had a user interface in their hand that they then wanted to control their home devices with. Back in 2008, it was not a common affair, right? We were faced with the challenge of doing that quickly uh, in the face of competition. Um, and I can share that journey. Today, it's ubiquitous. You walk into Costco and you find internet-controlled lights, internet-controlled everything.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, you know, they're, they're controlling my bathtub. That's really a lot.
1: Correct. And you know, if you look at some of Cola's products, or they're controlling the bathroom. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> you know, the, the lighting and the music, and you know, it's, everything it's really, else. It, it's been a transformational experience.
0: Well, can you tell us a little bit about your Honeywell experience? And, you know, I mean, you really pioneered uh, some of the Honeywell IOT. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I know you work with another company called Performix. You might be able to tell us a little bit about their, uh, their role in it as well.
1: Yeah, so in 2008, you know, I was busy leading a team building humidifiers and stuff to keep the air quality clean in your house. And um, I wrapped that project up and was looking around wondering why we weren't connected to the internet. And sometimes timing is everything. <laughs> and, um, you know, I did some technology work, working with a partner organization in the security business. And and very quickly, um, um, before we knew it, we were told by our management, get this done in six months. We want a mobile phone in oh. six months. And uh, not just an app. We wanted to connect your home internet systems to the internet. So there we were, what do you do, right? And um, so we had an existing home networking system that used a proprietary interface called Redlink. It's great. It allows you to connect your thermostats via uh, a low frequency, um, very robust Um, communication protocol, and so we chose the easy step. We said we're going to build a gateway, a red link to Ethernet gateway, and we started there, and uh, uh, we didn't know the journey it would take, but the the steps were build the gateway, which was easy, connect it to the Internet, right, through Internet, and then connect it to a back then cloud, but really it was a server application. Right. And then from the server application, build out APIs, right, that then a website could use to interface to your home with. And through those APIs, right, a mobile phone could connect into your home. So that was the setup. Um, we had no server team, right? We had no gateway team, so we ended up recruiting staff team of six people over in the Czech Republic, hired a team of engineers in China, right, roped them in to build the gateway, and um, went off and worked at Performix, right, to come up with a mobile app and um, and stitch the whole system together, right, and um, that was essentially how we got it going. Um, took us about six months. Right, the, a lot of instrumental changes. Back then, it was not common to do an over the air update. Today, you get updates over your phone all the time. Right, right? right? you know, back then it was new. And um, so, the first thing we said was, we're not going to get everybody everything that they want right away. Right, so we got basic functionality in place. And then the second step was, Immediately, right, as my senior engineer friend told me, he said, we're going to build what they put on the Voyager spacecraft, right? We need to be able to update this thing (laughs) sight unseen and make sure that it happens. So that was feature number two, right? And three months after we launched the product, right, We sales started slow. We ended up with, you know, 3,000 customers within three months but that accelerated very quickly and we started updating features every three months so that was our initial foray into that um interesting journey it was fun to do it in a big company because you were being entrepreneurial that makes sense big companies are are not necessarily entrepreneurial right and we were allowed to to bend the rules and, and and um make things happen so good experience um they then parlayed that same architecture. We took that Ethernet connection and we replaced it with Wi-Fi. And we shrunk the Wi-Fi interface and we started putting it into thermostats. So okay. the next thing we know, we ended up with Wi-Fi thermostats talking to the same system. And then sales took off, right? We put it in Home Depot. And you know, within a year, we had a million, million units attached, a million downloads of the mobile app, right? We were getting, you know, not bad, four and a half star ratings on the Internet. Right. And, um, you know, from people out there using the app and today it's still still in the use. This is what I think we're in 2023, you know, 15 years later, this you can still buy variants of this product, you know, at Home Depot right, and uh, selling well. So that was the that was the, the story of getting us, you know, how do we get connected and onto the net?
0: So um, how does that product differ from, you know, the, the other uh, thermostats that are on the market or does it?
1: Well, it's sort of ubiquitous now, right now. When we first started, we had, you know, I think it was one competitor. It was a small company. You know, we thought we could compete with them, right? <laughs> you know, but uh, halfway along the way, Nest came along. And those that don't remember, Nest came into the market in about 2011, I think. This was the original Nest with that round thermostat, and we faced intense competition. And it was a tough slog, right? But... Between connecting into the internet, substantial growth, a highly well-funded, active competitor, um, it forced the organization to change. Right? Um, what started out as a skunk, skunkworks effort, right? Very quickly turned into how do we improve the user interaction? Right? How do we improve our end-user customer support? You know how do we make sure that everything we do is of what we used to call a five-star experience, from the unboxing of the units, right, to the installation manuals, right, to actually using it, testing it on your grandma, ask your grandma to install it, right, and, <laughs> and grandma was actually the CTO's mother, right? You know,
0: <laughs>
1: and, you know, so you can imagine the 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 pressures, right, uh, to get the product right. Now, in addition, we had, you know, with the spectacular growth, thousand units to a million units. You know, you, you, you didn't back then cloud technology was not was not was not as prevalent as it, it is today, right? And um, you know, how do you scale the application? How do you get IT involved? You know, in the past, IT used to not be part of the product development cycle, right? These things were left out, product development did the product development, and then IT kind of watched. They were responsible for the internal-facing applications, you know, Salesforce, accounting systems, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're integrating the IT group into external-facing customer applications, right? So huge organizational challenges relative to getting different people to work together, right? Mm-hmm. If you just look yeah. at the whole stack, right, it's a huge challenge, right? And... and um, Anyway, that's part of the story, right? You can sort of see it coming. So, you know, as time has progressed, right, getting things connected to the internet and scalable architectures, you know, Amazon now has, a, you know, they they have a package that you can just download onto your computer. So does the, I think Google Cloud used to, I don't think they do anymore. Azure has one too. Right. You can then put it onto a that will get you MQTT, right? Which then gets you onto a scalable back end, which gets you <laughs> into a into a you know, a database and it gets you into scalable APIs, right? And a lot of the tools that were not present in the early days nowadays are easily found. Right. So um, a lot of folks are connecting stuff up, but the organizational challenges of stitching it all together, yeah, those still exist, right? Okay. Uh, um, data, you know, data science—the gateway from IoT started out with connecting at home. Next thing you know, you're collecting data from people. So you just start collecting data from people. You have to have the rights to use that data, right? right. And so you're talking to lawyers, right? So now you bring in—how do you bring that data in now? Throw in Europe, and they have G—what is it? G, GDPR. Right. And their their data rights practices, right? And and um, you know, once the data is in the system, right, is it do you have the rights to use the system? So a lot of complexities, you know, that you don't see on the surface. You go, IoT, huh, I just have to go to the you know, I go to the Amazon store, I download the toolkit, right? I set up my cloud application, ding zam boom, I'm up and running. But yeah. um, maintaining what all that, that. that, there's a lot more
0: to it. Yeah, so. a lot more to it. Um, let me ask you: You've worked in lots of different industries—healthcare, grocery, trucking. How is IoT being applied? Uh, to take trucking, for example, how is IoT being applied in the logistics world?
1: Well, let, let's take a—you know, there. Are, if you go out there and take a look, there are companies out there—a um, driver, right? The company trucks driving down the road right and um, the company wants to know an Amazon truck where is that truck is the driver moving or is he not moving where is he right um, right yeah right so so that's not a control application that's a totally different application it's it's tracking you tracking the truck and figure out where they are are they driving the most efficient routes you know um, <clears throat> stuff like that right can you provide them with information that they can do their job better right so that, that that's a that's a typical io a truck telematics application right um you know that one 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 can look at in healthcare you know the you know think of your your the world has changed so much but think of yourself you know if you put on a a heart monitor or, or a, a a sports tracker Right? Sports trackers tracking your your body functions, right? Your heart rate and your stress levels. Well, guess what? It's talking, to, it's talking to your phone through Bluetooth. <laughs> That's IoT, right? And that Bluetooth phone is now enable phone is now connected to the internet via cellular. And then you can there's a, there's a head end up there with data. That's another healthcare application. The industry that I worked in was was slightly more interesting. They were tracking medical carts. Um, so if you walk into a hospital, HIPAA, right, requires, there's a lot of electronic integration to collect your records. Well, those, that cart carries a lot of medical equipment and there's a lot of value to it. Hospitals, believe it or not, these carts walk. Oh, what do wow. you I mean by that? <laughs> in in yeah. a hospital, right, they, they just go. Right, because people use them and they move and they end up in closets and other places. Right, and so um, hospitals that have deployed IoT in that space are tracking where they are. Right, um, who's using them? Right, what 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 floor are they on? Just for inventory management. Mm. Right, so so applications that you don't even think about. Right, are, are, are actively in use, from yourself to industrial applications. There right. there's a the whole industrial, what is it? I think there's an IoT 4.0 study. I'm not familiar with it, that, that you can go through all these use cases, you know, what you can do with them, with IoT. So, you know, get into, really, it starts with sitting down, understand what problem you're trying to solve, right? If you have a, talk to your customers, find out what problem yeah. they're trying to solve, right? If you, if you can understand what they're trying to solve, you can then work with them, right, to try and identify how you can put a solution together, right, and okay. pick from various technologies. And then once you, you stitch it together, like I say, the technology pieces are there, right? It's not simple, but it's, they're there. And, um, you know, then work through uh, meeting your customers' needs, right, through the technology. And performance can help you get there, right? You know, they helped me with, with the mobile app, right? And, you um, we became good friends along the way, right? And but that they can help you get there.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, um, let me ask you real quickly what uh, what do you see the future of IoT being?
1: It's interesting, right? Everybody's afraid of AI and generative AI, right? But you know, interestingly enough, with AI with IoT, you're now essentially creating another source of data right? So everybody wants data streams. So IoT brings, depending on what you're trying to solve, a different set of data streams, right? You know, if it's health and self-tracking, you're bringing health data. If it's trucks and GPS and where they are, that's another set of tracking data, right? If it's medical carts, well, guess what? Somebody has to process all that data, and that's the next leg up, right? Getting the data stream into a environment now you're talking about a lot of data right and then who's going to look at that data right AI can really help in my mind right process that data right and I think in the future you'll see them providing insights I mean you're really after insights at the end of the day right and um, the faster you can get insights the faster you can react from a business perspective I'll give you a simple example from back in 2011 for those that are older than Ken and I here, or around the same age as Ken and I. If you remember, <laughs> uh, if you remember Hurricane Sandy, right, back in, um, I don't even know what year it was, but we were actually tracking Hurricane Sandy via our remote thermostat sites. It was rather interesting because we could see the internet connections go down on the East Coast. And when we mapped that those, the ones that were going down geographically, <laughs> Right. We could actually see sites going you know, cities going down because of because of loss of internet well, connectivity and then internet connectivity coming up again and the next city down the, the line going down and coming up again. Right. So that's a rather simple example of insights, right? Where you know, you're now providing and, and, and so now you look at your, your thermostat and you go, Hmm, can I collect outside weather information? Right. If you have a an outside sensor, can you collect that information? Is that data of value to a weather channel or <laughs> yeah. somebody like yeah. that? And these were questions we were asking back in 2010. You know, nowadays I'm sure a lot of this has been conquered, but it just gives you gives you food for thought.
0: Right. Absolutely. I really appreciate uh, your insights, and first of all, your time for uh, for taking your time to be with us today. Um, You know, I I really uh, do see you as one of the pioneers in the technology and uh, appreciate uh, what you've been doing and uh, what you've done in the past. So thank you very much for your help uh, today. And uh, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to?
1: I'll give Ken an email address, uh, christopher.goh62 at gmail.com.
0: And And bar of people... If our people have a uh, a question, people listening have a question for you. Is it okay if they email you?
1: Yeah, just shoot me a note. Right, I'm more than happy to network and um, share my insights, and you know, and uh, help you help you along or point you in the right direction.
0: Terrific. Thanks again. So that's it for today. Uh, next time on technology, we'll be exploring another cutting edge technology that's changing the world. So until then, please remember, if you need help with any size technology challenge, please contact Performix Business Solutions at performixbiz.com. They're experts in AI, blockchain, and helping companies with the digital transformation, including IoT that we talked about all day today. And you can find technology podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google, and SoundCloud podcast channels. Hope to see you soon on the next technology podcast. Thank you.